Hey, Shravya, did you used to read those Where's Waldo books when you were little? When I was little? I still love them, Josefina. <laughs> Me too, but I honestly think they should update them to 2020. What do you mean? To searching for Sam. Sam Query. everyone and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for Gen Z tennis fans. We're your hosts Shravya and Josefina. Josefina and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all. Shravya and I are two high school gals and tennis fanatics united together by our on-the-court and off-the-court companionship. And we're the young female voices in modern day tennis you've been looking for, so we hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned for more. Well, Shravya, we're back. It's been a long time since we recorded last. I mean, it's October 21st. Our last episode came out, I think, more than a week ago on Tuesday. So we're back, and it's October 21st, and this is episode 23 of Hold On To Your Racket. Yeah, we did take a little bit of a break because we wanted to, you know, come up with some creative ideas for the next few weeks, so... You guys should be excited for what we have in store for today, but also for the weeks to come. But as always, the tennis world, especially the ATP world, (laughs) never ceases to have drama and hot headlines. So, Sam Query. Let's talk about Sam Query, (laughs) Just a bit. You know, there's a bit to talk about. Um, I feel like this could literally be a movie just about Sam Query with this one incident. So, here's what happened. After he, his wife, and his eighth-month-old son tested positive in St. Petersburg um, because of because they were there for the St. Petersburg Open, Sam Query and his family escaped government-mandated quarantine. So here is how it happened. He withdrew from the tournament per the guidelines and after his tests came back positive, and he started to quarantine with his family at the St. Petersburg Four Seasons. A pretty, a pretty nice venue to quarantine, in my opinion. I agree. But then... Query and his family left the hotel before their second scheduled doctor's visit. So Russian public health guidelines stipulate that if you're experiencing any symptoms, which the Query family was, the doctors have the authority to hospitalize you for monitoring. But Query did not want to abide by these guidelines, and so he decided to flee from Russia in a private jet. So he called a private jet. Very high class escape fee right there. Exactly. It's a high class fugitive. (laughs) and so he went on that private jet no one knows where he is however the atp is not very happy about this on october 14th they released a press release and it said the atp is aware of an incident regarding a player's serious breach of protocol related to covid relating to covid19 at this week's saint petersburg open we are taking this matter extremely seriously and an investigation is underway and the atp also added that Breaches of protocols like the what this player did, who everyone is assuming to be Sam Query, jeopardize the ATP Tour's legitimacy when it comes to scheduling more events in other countries and cities. So this has some serious repercussions, and it's unclear whether or not any action will the whether the ATP will take any action against Query. 
Okay, now we also have some brief tennis talk for you because last week we actually had three ATP tournaments going on in addition to the Ultimate Tennis Showdown exhibition event. So there is some action to recap there. Um, and also we do have some action to cover as we approach the year-end finals. So Josephina, let's, let's go into the main uh, winners and finalists from last week's ATP tournaments. Yeah, so the biggest tournament of last week was the St. Petersburg Open. It's an ATP 500 event, and Andre Rublev came out as the winner. He defeated Borna Korch 7-6-6-4 in the final, and it was really... A great win for him because first of all he tied Djokovic for most wins this year and also his grandma passed away last Friday so it was really sweet that he did it for her and was able to be strengthened by this and not weakened yeah I think also in that I was watching parts of the match if anyone watched it they know the trophy ceremony afterwards was quite something like there was like 40 minutes between the match ending and the trophy ceremony starting and they had like dance performances and a singing performance it was a lot um but i not guess it that, lifted not only that rublev was bleeding from his knees the whole time because he yes. fell down so hard after he after won winning. yeah it was it was it was just it was a scene but another fun fact about andre rublev is that he was actually part of a One Direction cover band. Search it up on the internet, you'll find a video. You won't be you won't be disappointed. disappointed. I saw a video of him and his band singing Steal My Girl and which is one of my favorite One Direction <laughs> songs. So I would recommend you go do that. <laughs> Josephine is dying of laughter right now. I am. But either way we're gonna move on to Alexander Zverev, who won the tournament officially known as the Bet One Hulks Indoors Tournament, also known as Cologne. But that's the first Cologne tournament. Apparently there's two. There's also the Bet One Hulks Championships. But this is an ATP 250 event. That's my point. And Alexander Zverev defeated Felix Ager Aliassim 6-3-6-3 in the final. This is... Felix's sixth final in the ATP tour and he has yet to win a title but we definitely think he could get there just the fact that he's reached those six finals at the age of 20 is impressive so props to him and we're cheering for you Felix <laughs> <laughs> and the next winner we have is Laszlo Jure he won in Sardinia another ATP 250 event which actually got way less attention than the Cologne event which is they're the same level tournament, so I didn't really understand that. And finally, we have Alex Demonor, who played the Ultimate Tennis Showdown and won in the final versus Richard Gasquet. So after unpacking that action, while the ATP Tour still has quite a few tournaments to go, Antwerp is underway, they have Moscow, Vienna, Paris, which is a Masters 1000 event, the Sofia Open, and then obviously the London NITO ATP Finals. The WTA schedule of the year really only has two tournaments left. Ostrava, um, which has a super packed field, and it's go it's a really exciting tournament so far, and Linz. So the reason for this is the WTA's indoor hardcourt swing is actually one of my favorite, um, some of my favorite WTA tournaments, and they usually all take place in Asia. And a lot of those countries have implemented very strict coronavirus guidelines, 
regarding t- turn, uh, events such as tennis tournaments, so they haven't been able to hold them there. So unfortunately, we only have two WTA events left in this season, um, but there is still a bunch of ATP action to cover, so that'll still be interesting for tennis fans, but obviously we'll miss seeing the WTA athletes on the tour. So speaking of the ATP tours tournament, they the big one they have coming up are the London Nito ATP finals. Um, I guess the WTA obviously they're not having theirs. It usually takes place in Shenzhen, and but there was rumors of them moving it to Prague this year because, like we said before, the guidelines in Asia are strict, so they wouldn't been wouldn't have been holding an event like that. But Prague maybe, but that's unclear, and it doesn't really seem like it's happening either way. Yeah, so it's unfortunate that we might not have a WTA finals, but. The ATP Finals, if we take a look at the current race to London, which is the players who have accumulated the most points this year, the rules are obviously a little bit different because they changed the point system given that it's 2020 and they didn't want to penalize players who chose not to play in events and defend their points out of um, uh, safety precaution. So we have Djokovic in the lead, then Nadal, Dominic Thiem, and Daniil Medvedev, but He's holding on to points from his hardcore success from last year, again, due to the change in ranking policy, um, despite not having a super great 2020 post-shutdown. So that's obviously, um, some people aren't happy with that. But either way, um, those four, Tsitsipas and Zverev, have all, have all qualified for London. And then Rublev is currently in seventh place and Schwartzman is in eighth. So if they get the necessary amount of points by the end of the year, which is very possible, we could see Rublev and Schwartzman making the ATP finals as well, which would honestly be so awesome to see. So as the tennis season begins to wind down, we want to introduce our latest little hold on to your racket venture to you all. This is pretty exciting stuff, and we're so excited to do this. Shravya, take it away. Yeah, you've probably been seeing on our social media that we've kind of been hinting that we have something really exciting in the works, and we're so excited to sort of dip our toes into it and share it with you all. So, as you notice, the title of this episode is Shrav and Fina, the warm-up, and what we've kind of been thinking about for a while now is well not really for a while we kind of just started the podcast (laughs) but um we wanted to introduce this series called Shrav and Fina these would be uh, non-tournament specific episodes and it's more just kind of like a personal look into our on the court and off the court companionship we talk about you know things not necessarily having to do with the professional tour but kind of our experiences and giving a look into our personalities a bit yeah it's a more relatable look at the podcast tennis world i guess especially from the perspective of us gen zers it's really an opportunity for us to communicate to fellow gen z tennis fans and players i mean we plan on discussing funny junior tournament experiences what it's like being a gen z tennis fan when it often seems like most tennis fans are much older <laughs> other topics that like only apply to younger people just we want to be more hashtag relatable nope i'm never saying that <laughs> that again. just that just made us sound like one of those old tennis fans josephina <laughs> my bad i tend to do that quite a bit we also so this is actually funny um josephina and i were looking through our phones earlier 
at our text messages and we found kind of like the day that we came up with this Strava and Fina idea. So um, we're going to read we'll you a little read excerpt yeah. of we'll that. We'll do like a little skit. OMG, should we have names our listeners could know us by? Like, should we make Shrav and Fina a thing? I love it. Because Shrav and Joe or Shrav and Jose doesn't really cut it for me. Ha ha. <laughs> LOL. Shrav and Fina should be our series of non-tournament episodes. Love, and love, And then Josephina love. liked love that text. <laughs> OMG. Yes. So there's our, um, as our history teachers would like to say, our primary source document <laughs> for um, Shrav and Fina venture, venture began. So. Yes. Let's dive right in. Right. So, like, going even further back, how did Shravi and I even become friends? That's the big question. I honestly don't know when it happened. So, we actually played tennis for, like, a really long time together, but never acknowledging each other, never talking. Like, we literally never spoke to each other. (laughs) Ever. Ever. Like, no, I'm serious. Like, we never had, like, we never exchanged words. (laughs) So then, I think last year, summer of 2019, at tennis camp... Pretty recent. Yeah, super recent. I decided to take a big step, and I asked Shravya and her very good friend to sit at lunch with them. It was, like, it was a pretty big deal for me because, you know, social skills are not my forte, (laughs) apparently. Yeah, I mean... You know, Josephina might seem talkative on Zoom or on this podcast because we record over Zoom, obviously. But the second she gets to tennis, it's completely different. But just to put in perspective to you how big of a deal it was that she sat with us at um, tennis camp, the two of us, just uh, my friend and I, like we were <laughs> like the two people at summer camp who like people were either intimidated, intimidated by, not because we were good or anything. Like, my friend was good. I wasn't that good. Oh, um, don't flatter yourself. Oh, wait. No, that's the opposite. I meant don't <laughs> that's bring yourself down. <laughs> but I just think that since we were kind of almost, like, always talking to each other, no one wanted to interact with us. But the fact that Josephina wanted to sit next to us, the two of us were actually, like, flattered. We were like, oh, my God, people at summer camp don't totally hate us, and someone actually does want to sit with us. It's because you so two actually... were the only ones that I knew because we had all been in classes together without ever talking to each other. Exactly. So then, like, speaking about tennis camp, how we were saying that this all kind of went down at tennis camp. So, like, the summer experience is so different from the normal classes during the year it's just completely different vibe not it's just a totally different phenomenon than normal it's kind of more survival because of the situation Exactly. exactly and it's also like just such a weird dynamic it's so hot outside we're all so tired and then you know, because we spend the whole day together, we all become friends with each other, we become friends with the coaches, and eventually after, like, spending, like, this is, again, we've said this in a previous episode, Josefina and I are by no means those, like, junior players who spend all their time in California or Florida training at, like, those super (laughs) intense summer camps, like, no, this is, like, an average tenant summer camp. Super average. What was it? I said, what was that thing I said? Mediocre. We're the most mediocre tennis players. (laughs) the world <laughs> we're mediocre tennis players but we're hardcore tennis fans we'll make that distinction yes i like but that. 
like, we spend so much time with each other and the coaches that, like, eventually over the summer, like, you make those long-standing relationships and have, like, those long-standing inside jokes that you'll bring up during the normal classes. So, I don't know if that puts it into perspective for you how different summer camp is. Also, since it's so hot, you kind of have to, like, stick together to survive. It's like a survival show yeah, out there. it's like, exactly. It's like you're in it together. And then, like, there's just one specific day that we kind of knew that we were friends because the thing is that I did ask them to sit at lunch but then it was kind of awkward obviously because I barely knew them and then I mean as the summer progressed obviously you know our friendship evolved it flourished so back to the day where our friendship was cemented we were playing outside so this was like the second half of the day and like we would go on to different courts in the second half of the day outdoors and like these are the courts that we literally all hated playing on even the coaches i'm convinced that the coaches didn't like playing on these coaches courts either they were always covered in leaves and they acorns. would literally bu- <laughs> and acorns they would literally bubble up like they'd bubble because it was so hot and then, like, the park officials would have to come out to pop the bubbles. <laughs> come out with the and needles then... and just sit there and watch them deflate. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so this all started one day, super hot, playing on this outside course that we dreaded. It's second half of the day, so we're already tired. But that's only the f- intro to the story. Yeah, because, like, the first half of the day is usually drills, and then the second half is match play. So Shravi and I were doubles partners. It all started... When I was super tired after my singles match, and I fell asleep on the court in the shade <laughs> because I was so tired. <laughs> the one spot of shade. Exactly. So I, I don't even remember who, but somebody poured water on me to wake me up. So then Travi and I were called up to play doubles, and I went for this overhead. And <laughs> I went for, like, hard. I was going for it, okay? And... <laughs> My hands were wet because of my because I had just been poured water on like ten minutes ago, <laughs> and so my racket goes flying out of my hand. It crashes right next to one of the coaches, like it was so close to hitting them. It was scary, and my racket cracks in half. But I did make the shot. Okay, I did make yes. the shot. And we won the point. Exactly, we won the point. That's all that. Matters. That's all that matters. And I can, like, support, I can testify to the fact that her racket actually cracked. There was a crack in it, and, like, you know the thing at the bottom, like, I guess, like, at the butt of the racket, like, near the, um, grip, like, at the very bottom? I think that part also came out. Oh, yeah, it did fall out. The little cap that has the tennis logo at the very bottom right, of the Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It did fall out. It popped out. But wait, the story's not over yeah, yet. The it's story's not just not the over. racket that, threw, that was thrown. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, like we said, an important factor in this in this the heat, okay? We're all half delirious because it was so hot out that day. Shravi and I started laughing so hard. Like, we had already been laughing here and there before. And, and we were winning. I feel like we were laughing during points. Exactly. And we were winning. So it was obviously it did something for us, okay? Maybe take notes. <laughs> Going back to the story, we were laughing so hard that I threw up in the public garbage can next to the court while we were picking up balls. Yep, so she threw up. I was laughing because she was throwing up. And our coach was like, they initially found it funny, but then they were like getting mad at us because we were laughing so much. But 
that was just a tumultuous day, but I think that's when we realized that, you know, not only did we have an on-the-court companionship, but we had an off-the-court companionship, too. So, like, since then, you know, bringing back a little Rafael Nadal <laughs> joke, the thing from the Italian Open, what happened in a camp happened. What happened in on-the-court happened. And here we are. We are on Zoom. <laughs> so this was kind of a little taste of Shrav and Fina content. This was like kind of the origin story of our friendship and of this segment. So we're looking forward to bringing more of this content into the podcast, letting our personalities shine a bit, especially as the tennis season is drawing to a close in November. So get excited for more episodes. We have a really cool Shrav and Fina episode coming next week, actually, which is very timely. Um, so I think you will enjoy that. But we do have one last thing for Shrav and Fina. Oh, yeah. We have a little version of the tennis ball frizz quiz, but this is, you know, the Shrav and Fina spin of it. It's about us. It's not about professional tennis players. So obviously, you know, you better take notes on this trivia, this stuff you're going to need for your next math test. So what we're going to do is we're going to try to guess, no multiple choice, see how well we know each other on the court um, for this question, and we have to guess each other's favorite shot. So if any of our listeners have seen us play, maybe they have some guesses of their own, but basically we have to say, whether it's a ground stroke serve or volley, what side of the court it's on. See, we're not that mediocre that we don't know our tennis terms. Yeah, we do. We know plenty. We know plenty. So we have to say if it's a ground stroke server volley, which side of the court, so cross court, down the line, I guess drop shot. Um, If it's a serve, obviously. Down the middle, I guess. Um, Yeah. And then we also have to say which direction. So wait, no, which um, side oh, would wait, be sorry, the forehand sorry, sorry. or the backhand? Sorry, yeah, yeah, never mind. Which side would be the forehand or the backhand or the deuce or the ad side for the serve? And then what I said before was direction, meaning cross court, down the line, drop shot, out wide, etc. You get it. So I'm gonna start by guessing Josephina's um, favorite shot. It's a little funny anecdote here. When we play in our classes, there's like several courts, several people on each court, and we're playing points, like, it's pretty chill, but like sometimes like one court might be playing a point where the other court is like transitioning, so I was like kind of sitting out for like a minute, because the other two people were playing, and I just look over at Josefita, and like, her opponent is at the net, like they just hit a pretty decent approach on, they're at the net, and she's like running and hits this, like, incredible backhand down the line. Two minutes later, I look over again, another backhand down the line, and I'm like, okay, I knew her backhand was good, but, like, two in a row, that's pretty amazing. So that's why I think I'm pretty confident that backhand is correct. Yeah, Um, yeah, you're right, you're right. But I'm guessing down the line as well. Yep, yep, that's all right. See, see, so good. So, yeah, my ground stroke is my favorite. My backhand is the side, and down the line is the direction. So now it's my turn for Shravia. So Shravia is known for this shot <laughs> within the class. I think it's her a ground stroke, forehand, cross court. 
Yes, we have one coach who, oh my gosh, wait, I'm going to share this story. So Josephina and I were playing doubles again uh, during one of our classes. So not summer camp, totally different vibe. This was a couple weeks ago, actually. And we were playing against two people and um, they hit a serve and it went out. And then one of the coaches gave was trying to give coaching advice to the other team to help them out because we were winning. <laughs> and the coach was like, Shrabi's favorite shot is her forehand cross court, so you shouldn't but hit it there. But it was so loud. <laughs> it was so loud, and we could hear what that coach was saying, so it was actually really funny. But, yes, I'm very impressed with us. We've got each other's ground strokes correct. Um, we really had fun introducing you guys to Shrab and Fina, and we can't wait to provide you more okay our funny segment for today is pretty topical the ultimate tennis showdown just wrapped up there have been several installations of it and they always come up with like these funny nicknames for the players so we decided to go ahead and come up with some nicknames of some uh how do i put this very uh interesting players on the complex tour. so Yes, and we will also we've also made UTS names for each other. So I'm gonna go first. One of the play- players that I picked the UTS name for was Sam Query, and I gave him the name the Lost Cowboy because he gives me <laughs> cowboy vibes for some reason. And Just he because he's lost. American. Yes, and yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, I'm next with Benoit Pair. My name for him is. <laughs> The, <laughs> the bearded bandit. Oh my god! That's so Because good. he's known for his voluptuous beard, okay? <laughs> and, I mean, the Benoit Pair 11, you could say he stole the show. <laughs> bandit. Yeah. Alright, my next player is Sara Arani. You know about all the drama that happened with her. So I gave her the name the Airing Pusher because Irani Airing, she's making mistakes on the court because of that Burton's match and Pusher because, let's face it, her playing style, I guess, could be characterized as a pusher. <laughs> Oof, <laughs> that one hurt. <laughs> Moving on to mine, I have Sigmund. You might know her as the one who is playing Milodinovich. And something happened with the little drop shot. There was some drama involving that. So the name I gave her was the Drama Dropper. Oh, that's so good. Oh my God, Josephina, yours were great. So the name I came up with for you, if you've been keeping track of our Instagram story, you'll probably get this joke. I gave you the name, the quote-unquote insane icon or the quote-unquote that's insane icon. Because you say that a lot on our podcast. I say it way too much. I would say I'm trying to fix it, but I mean, if it's a catchphrase, I might as well go along with it. And my name for you, Shravya, is... The diplomat. That's it. (laughs) Because, I mean, you have such a calm way of going through things. I love it. And also, you're really active in, like, I guess the politics of everything. So, yeah, (laughs) that's why. Keeping up with the tennis politics. That's very true. Thank you so much for joining us. And that is game, set, and match for today. If you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of upcoming tournaments and updates on all the tea on tour. Email us at holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. 
Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Hold On To Your Racket on Instagram and at H-O-T-Y-R underscore tennis pod on Twitter. Our next episode will be our Shravanfina Halloween-themed podcast. So look out for that. And remember, my name is Josefina. And my name is Shravya. That is, if you enjoyed this episode. If you didn't like it, please tell your friends my name is Robert and Shravya's name is Steve. See you next time.